This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. All right, guys, we're back for another podcast. It's, uh, what, June, late June here, almost at the end of the month. June 24th today. Yeah, we're finally catching up on things, you know, all the hunting slowing down. Uh, Yeah, we're just catching up. Yeah, it was a busy bear season, man. It was a busy bear season. And so our last podcast, we sort of went over majority of the bear season until basically, uh, I think it was the end of day two, or day two is sort of when we cut off our stories. And we're going to dive back into those. Um, Eric's got a pretty exciting story to tell. Um, Tommy, you know, had some luck a couple days later. I had some fun later on in that week or the next week, I think it was. So we still have some bear hunting stories to tell in this podcast. Um, and yeah, you know, we, uh, we're glad to have the mics back in front of us here. It's, uh, it was way too long and, uh, we got to apologize for you to you guys for that. Um, it just was so freaking busy. Every spare minute we had, we were out filling up those baits. Um, we were out hunting those baits and, uh, now it's time to, uh, have some fun, record some podcasts and tell some stories. So. Yeah. We owe it to you guys. Cause we did, uh, yeah, we did commit to keeping it, you know, seven to 10 days. We say that almost every podcast, but, uh, yeah, we were bad there for a few weeks. Yeah, so we were just sort of chatting a little bit, figuring out a game plan for uh, the fall hunting season because we know we're going to be busy again. Um, you know, the fall season is often as busy or busier than our spring season, and it's longer too, right? So um, we love doing these podcasts, and uh, we're just sort of figuring out a better schedule for ourselves so we can still commit to releasing um, that three podcasts a month is what we're what we're shooting for, you know, give or take one or two more or less um but uh three is just would be perfect for us yeah and you know now that all of this uh covid stuff starting to settle down we're gonna have some more guests in i think and uh and yeah get some variety in here again yeah that's that's been uh that's sort of thrown a curveball into everything um you know businesses all over the place and even just stuff like our podcast right um, I know all of our trade shows were canceled, everything. So um, it's tough to get people here because not many people are traveling. Um, and then again, you know, bear season was just here. So a lot of the guys that we would have had in were out bear hunting. So that's every, right. uh, you know, us hunters, man, when it's hunting season, you got one priority and that's all, right? So yeah, um, so yeah we uh, we had a ton of fun. Bear season was an absolute blast. Um, fishing season's here. You just uh, wrapped up some help at a fishing tournament here in town, eh? Yeah, I just spent the weekend at the uh, the Memorial Larry Dahlgren Fishing Tournament. And uh, yeah, we helped out. Uh, my old man was helping weigh and fish there, and I was uh, safety patrol boat. And yeah, we spent the weekend in the sun watching guys safety catch Safety patrol some- boat. Yeah, we were driving around, you know, making sure that the the fishermen were following the rules and making sure everybody was safe and fishing where they were supposed to, and and yeah, just doing the rounds. Interesting. So, do they have GPS coordinates as to where they have to fish or where they can't fish? Yeah, there's sort of landmark uh, lines, for you know, lack of better words, and so you're allowed to fish basically from this portion of the lake all the way to this portion of the lake. And the rules this year, um, the biologist told them that they were. He suggested that they fish in less than 18 feet of water, so the rules were set. If you're caught fishing in more than deeper than 18 feet of water, you're automatically disqualified. You're going home. Um, you know, same thing with barbless hooks. Every hook has to be barbless, smooth. And so we were checking for things like that. You know, no alcohol in the boat. Guys weren't supposed to be drinking, of course. 
uh, only two fish in the boat at a time because only two fishermen. And uh, yeah, it, you know, it was lots of fun. Lots of big fish caught. Wow. So they, they have their own rules and regulations for the tourney. And so is it um, two fish combined weight each day for the two days? Yeah. So it's actually, it's a two day fishing tournament. Um, so they run it, you know, they run it a whole weekend. They get one extra day in case there's a day of bad weather. And uh, yeah, so it's a two man team. There was this year, there was 47 teams and you're allowed to have two fish in the boat at a time and you weigh in twice a day so you can weigh in you know an hour apart from each each weigh in or you can weigh in you know once in the morning once in the afternoon but basically there was two shifts of teams two heats yeah first heat would start at seven um and they fished till you know four o'clock the eight hours next the the other team started at eight and they fish till the uh, the five o'clock mark or whatever whatever oh, okay. the hours are eight hours of fishing, and uh, so that yeah they had opposite weigh in times because you know it's a rush in the marina when it comes to the but last it does weigh-in. overlap for those seven hours where they're all forty seven boats are out and that's right everybody's of the fishing same area yeah and so what they did is they have a release boat um, a ways out into the you know into about 10, 12 feet of water. And each team that would come, they'd come way in. Hopefully, they come with two fish. You know, if they couldn't catch two fish, they might have to come in with only one fish. Uh, get their weights. They'd get a slip. Um, they'd sign the slip. Then they'd have to take the slip and the weight and the fish back out to the release boat. And the release boat would witness them releasing the fish properly with gloves. Wow. And everything. And then they watch to make sure no fish die. And we didn't have a single fish die at, at release the whole weekend. Really? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, uh, because that was going to be my next question, right? If a fish does die, um, then then you're out for the day because you can't catch another fish and That's bring right. it in. Yeah, it's a discre- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Done. And so it's all it's all a release tourney, right? So the guys are done. Um, rules of the tournament too are you're not allowed to fish in the evenings or anything, you know, once your 8-hour slot's done, you're done, you go home, you park your boat, come back the next day, fish your slot. Yeah. And that's it. There's no keeping for the for the anglers uh, during the tournament. Yeah. So everything's released. Huh. Yeah. Biggest fish in the tournament was 6.55 pounds, which is a pretty pretty big walleye for uh, our lake here. I think we've talked about that before, how in this lake, they just don't get super big and fat like they do in, you know, like Glass Mountain Lake in Saskatchewan. They catch 14 pounders, 12 pound yeah. walleye. Um, and here at the tournaments... If you can hook onto a six and a half pounder, man, that's gonna that's gonna lift you right up to you know. Yeah. So some for of the, top the boats. for eight fish, uh, the guys when we were standing around at the beginning of the tournament, they said if you break thirty pounds with eight fish, um, you're gonna be you know right in the money. So what does that put your average at? Average so you weight? want about four pounds of fish, right? Four pounds per <clears throat> fish. That's yeah. a that's a dandy too on the lake. Yeah. So yeah, you you and there was a lot there was a lot of fish, um, there was a lot of fish that were three three something um quite a few that were over four very few you know two two and a half yeah and you could kind of see trends you know guys would come in and they'd say the fishing is slow and they'd come in with a littler one and and it would all sort of you know we had every every type of weather the weekend too we had you know beautiful most of the weekend but we had a little bit of rain we had lots of wind um we had glass top lake but we also had five six foot swells so really eh yeah it was the guys went from you know getting sunburnt and and beautiful out on the lake to getting just beat to shit uh windshields popped out of some boats and 
Yeah, guys lost electronics and oh yeah. Wow. So that the weigh in boat where you weigh in, that's a boat on the lake. No, or that's is that in the shore? marina. They come into the marina, they oh, dock. Okay. I and see. then um yeah, one of the volunteers would take the fish in a basket, you'd run up to the weigh scale, weigh it, come back, put it back in the live well, come back and weigh your other fish, put it back in the live well. Wow. And then they'd go back out with their tickets and and release them in front of the release boat. Holy smokes, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so they used to release, you know, a lot of fishing tournaments back in the day. They used to just uh, put them in a chute back out into the marina or yeah, back out onto the beach. That's what I was thinking. Um, but the biologists now, the mortality rate is a lot higher doing that because of water temperature change. Interesting. Especially in these in these marinas that are basically backwaters, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they the best thing to do is take them back out to the same depth of water you caught them in in the moving water and, and wow. release them. Yeah. So have you fished a fishing tournament before? Have you worked one? I've or is this never first even experience? been to one. No, my, my old man's always gone to them. He's helped out with this one. I think this is the third annual one of Larry Dahlgren uh, here in Slave Lake. But yeah, he's done them all his life. I've never, this is the first one and it was a blast. Nice. Yeah, it was lots of fun and lots of, lots of like big money. I didn't realize fish really, tournaments are, eh? you know, the guys that won, they won close to 10 grand. Nice for first place you know with the combined combination of all yeah, the different yeah. prizes yeah. yeah there's a whole circuit of guys that that's all they freaking do right oh yeah man and Three the boats of the year the boats that were on the lake yeah. and in the marina oh man yeah <laughs> it's pretty amazing that's awesome man yeah, right it's lots on. of fun yeah good to yeah. see guys fishing and good to see the lake uh doing so well you know everybody said the fish just all look healthy and and they did i watched you know i watched a lot of the weigh-ins they're all yeah. Super colorful, dark, colorful, golden green backs, and all really lively and healthy looking fish. Nice. Yeah, I've, I think I was only out fishing once or twice this year so far. Um, but everyone I've spoken with, Fish and Wildlife, everyone said the fishing this year has just been awesome. Um, I know Charlie's been out a ton, and he said they've just been slaying them. They've got some nice fish as well. Yeah, I actually saw um, Charlie out there. Yeah, that yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so you guys had way to fish. Of a kid that caught one, was he on yeah, shore? Yeah, so there was, was a, there was, uh, you know, there was all kinds of people staying at the park there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody comes by and asks what we're doing and, the, you know, wanted to see the fishing, getting weighed and everything. And, uh, yeah, there was a boat that went out in the marina, you know, just an hour before. And they, uh, a guy came walking up to us, you know, an hour later or whatever. And he said, hey, my kid's coming in with a boat. Um, he's got a, a huge fish. He wants to, he just wants you guys to like wow. put him through the ring and, you know, let him see, let him get weighed. So we're like, yeah, sure, of course. You know, there's no, all the guys are out right now. Nobody's weighing in. So yeah, bring them in. So they docked them at the spot and did it all, you know, how they did it. Give them a ticket and everything. And the fish, oh, really? the fish ended up weighing seven, nine, eight. Wow. That's yeah. a dandy. So eh? An eight pound walleye out of that lake is pr pretty amazing. Yeah. You don't see that too often. And caught right out in front of the beach. Oh, really? Yeah. Just wow. like right out in front of the marina somewhere. On that side of the lake. On that like part there. of the lake. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. unreal, man. Yeah. Oh, it would have it would have beat big fish, you know, by a pound and a half. Yeah. The and so what's everyone doing? Uh like what what kind of fishing techniques are they are they jigging? Are they, you know, spin casting with uh like rapalize or so the, the first bouncing? day uh the first day I was out on the boat, uh, patrol boat a lot. We spent the whole day pretty much out on the water because it was a little bit calmer. And uh most of the guys seem to be trolling. Oh, okay. Uh, it was really choppy, you know, nice walleye chop, what they yeah. call it. And uh, so a and lot of guys... that's good were... for trolling with bottom bouncers exactly. when you have a little chop like that. And, and so a lot of guys were doing the bottom bouncers or, uh, you know, exactly, yeah. tro trolling rigs. Yeah. And then I think uh, in that evening when it started to calm down, guys turned to jigging. 
And uh, that's, you know, the fishing always gets slower when the lake gets really calm. And uh, the next day, it was really, really, really rough. Like like I said, five-foot swells most wow. of the days. And uh, I don't know. I don't really know what the guys were doing because I wasn't out there. And, of and course, they were still good. Obviously, they Oh, they everybody went, went fishing. Yeah. yeah, everybody was fishing. Wow. And some really good fish were caught the second day. Yeah. But it, they took a beating come across the lake. Holy yeah. smokes, eh? And, you know, the, the guys don't talk about what they're using on once they're on shore. You yeah. You have to see that in their boat. That's yeah, about yeah. the only way you're going to know, so... Well, I know that used to be our go-to. Like, all we would do is you'd have a bottom balancer with a sprinter rig on there, and you'd just troll up and down that beach line. Oh, that's what and, we used to do uh, when we were little kids, and I think it's just because it's super easy, too, right? Yeah. And uh, you can sit back yeah. and relax, have your rod in the rod holder, and you just watch that tip yeah. go up and down, up and down, and when she slams down, you got to fish. And I, yeah. that's my favorite way to fish, man. I love fishing like that. Um, but what we would do is once you, because you'd have, you know, if you had two guys or three guys to have three rods in the water and you know, you'd hit a school when all three rods or two rods would go down. So we'd reel those fish and sort of circle into that area. And then you jig right in that area mm -hmm. and you more than likely are in a school of fish in that, that, uh, you know, that, that little area there. Um, but yeah, I, I love bottom bouncing with spinner rigs and have a worm or a leech on there and you just slay them. Yeah, I haven't. I honestly haven't done it in a long time since we were little kids. But yeah, that's that used to be the only way we did it. Yeah. Now, now I, uh, I usually just do it with a Rapala. Really? You yeah. do? Oh, you uh, troll. troll with a Rapala? Yeah. yeah. Really? Eh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's lots of fun, you know, and you, you see the action in the rod. And it works well. Eh? I've never yeah. done that. Early in the year, right now is what you know. We went fishing. Uh, two or three times so far this year, and that's what that's what I like to do early in the year. Okay. And then, yeah, later on when they really when they really get to this end of the lake, yeah, you just get in them and you drop a minnow down and it doesn't even hit the bottom and you're catching fish. Oh, so you're attaching a minnow to the rapala? Oh no 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 no! Come you know later in you're the year, jigging. I'm jigging. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's you know you're catching hundreds hundreds of fish. Yeah, in a for few sure. hours. It's well, awesome. uh, one of our best days was Canada Day. Oh geez, this is forty five years ago now. And uh, I haven't been on the lake at all in like the last three years. It's just I haven't. But uh, we fished a lot those two or three years there. And our best day was Canada Day. The weather was sort of shitty. Like it was overcast. It was windy, just like two foot waves. So it's perfect for trolling. And I think we were out for like four hours and we caught like everyone caught about a three and a half pounder and then it was time to go in because you can only keep one right yeah um but i think that day we caught like 60 fish and like the four hours we were there or whatever it was just unreal yeah it's awesome when you know it's one right after the other yeah and so I, i'm itching to get out this year i'm well, fucking i gotta fucking get on the lake let's man. get it's, going this is, it's killing me yeah it's killing me because hearing you talk about it and usually usually i'm not really around a whole bunch of guys who are fishing all the time um but just hearing you telling stories, it's getting me jacked up. Yeah, well, I, you know, I usually do lots of fishing this summer. Hopefully, I get to lots this summer again. Now that I'm living right on the lake, but you yeah, know, you get busy. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get like to get going now that I'm starting to catch up on everything else. And yeah, you know, we work twenty yards from the river. Yeah, here, so that's nice. Jackson's been bugging me. He came to work a few times, and yeah. he's like, "Let's just go down the road and go fishing at lunchtime." Yeah. But so yeah, you're living pretty much on the lake. Do you have any? Oh shit! Here goes a photo. Uh, do you have any access 
to fishing from your house? Like, can do you have any shore access, or can you launch a boat or anything like that from there? Not real access. Um, so our our the back of our field kind of turns into swamp, and then it's a little backwater that leads right into the lake. And the lake's really high this year, so the yeah, backwater's is. full. And there's actually like the normal like tide wave, the normal waves you can see at the very back of our field. In oh, the, really? In the willows, like you can see wave after wave after wave, like at the beach. Wow. So the lake's super high right now. Um, yeah, me and Ryan drove back to the back there. And uh, yeah, one of these days we're going to launch a canoe and just paddle through the willows and we should be right in the lake. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little swampy, but yeah, you know, he puts so some you rubber can, boots on. and You can see the lake then beyond the willows. Uh, yeah, like not right from the house, but once you get to the once back of the field. Get to yeah, where you were. You see the lake pushing right up into the field. Yeah, and so how much, like, what do you have to cover? A couple hundred yards and you're in the lake, you think? Oh, yeah, there's there's actually, like, a little backwater swamp, like a little lagoon thing, wow. part of the lake. Yeah. And usually, like, if you look at a satellite photo, um, like on iHunter or, or Geopack Geo or whatever, Geopack, yeah. they, it, it's a little low in the pictures, and so you can see some cattails and stuff, but this year it's super high. So it would be all, you know, open water in the lake. But yeah. for a canoe, you only need a foot of water. Yeah, 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 cold. for sure. So, yeah, one of these days here, once you know, when everybody's around there, we're going to just paddle out under the willows and nice. see, what, see what there is to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Should be some big pike in there. I mean, you know. Oh, I'd imagine there would be. And, and it, it, we're past the island at that point. Um, oh, you're past the we're, island. We're a little west of the island. I would think that you were... <laughs> so we're talking about Dog Island here, guys. It's an island that's on the... On east. the east side of Lesser Slave Lake. Um, and uh, so I would think, I thought that you were right I'm basically parallel with I'm it, sort like of right, south of the right island. south. Um, but the way that, that that little backwater sort of comes out, you're coming out where the... Seems to be where the lake would drop off. Okay. Um, you know, you're just sort of on the southwest corner of the island. Interesting. Do you know why they call it Dog Island? Um, the, yeah, the first nations that used to live here, they used to keep their sled dogs there in the summertime. Yeah. So I thought it was the RCMP is the story I heard. The RCMP used to keep their dogs yeah, on the Yeah, used island. to keep their dogs there in the oh, wintertime. Okay. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, first nation sounds totally yeah. on par to me. Yeah. But it, uh, I know that back in school when I was pretty young, somebody told me that, uh, it was the world's biggest anthill. Oh, I've heard that a million times. Too. And I, I looked into it like so far that I went to the library and pulled out one of those Guinness Book of World Records. And, and it's it, not. It was in there. What? Yeah. Because I, I thought can't I remember looked which at year. it too and I couldn't I can't find remember it. which year, but it was definitely in one of those books. Really? At one point in time. Yeah. So what the hell makes it the world's largest, largest anthill? Like I don't... I don't know what to... To me, that would have just... That island would have been created, it would have just been a sandbar at one time and just eventually grew up over thousands of years, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. My mom's been on the island a few times when, uh, when she was a paramedic for search and rescue and stuff. And she said it's the worst bug she's ever seen. I've never actually been See, on the island. I've been on the island a few times when I was younger. Um, when Dave actually first got this boat, we'd pull up and we'd fucking hop out and haul a rope in tie the fucking boat to a tree have lunch on the island spend the afternoon there a few times and i don't remember the bugs being any worse than they were at the beach yeah at the beach you're you're covered in ants you yeah. got ants head oh to yeah toe. the beach is bad yeah yeah i know i we fish there you know we're 
10 we were 10 feet from the island two days ago but yeah, yeah I've, I've never really been on it so do you remember that restaurant that used to be at the point there the, at the yeah, mouth the, of the lake the point restaurant the point restaurant yeah. um in the winter time you'd see deer run across mm-hmm. and wolves too yeah so we canoed out there one time when i was part of the junior firefighter program we canoed out there in the college's big 13-man canoe to the island to the island on and a nice day obviously. on a nice day yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, when we got out there, there was a dead deer floating in the bay. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. So I wonder if the uh, if the animals actually stay there. I mean, I'm sure they some, you know, st- are there when the ice breaks up and yeah, they can't get they're off. They're stuck. Yeah. I, I but don't it's, see a, it's about not. a kilometer and a half square. Like, it's a yeah. pretty decent-sized chunk of land. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Interesting. Um, so yeah, fishing. Have you been out in the boat at all this year? Have you done any fishing at all? Yeah, we've been about three times. Okay. Yeah. I How's actually haven't fished off of land at all this year. I've only been on the boat. Nice. Yeah. It's been all right. It's been good every time. Yeah. So far. Yeah. We, me and me and the old man went out on father's day and, uh, yeah, we both caught, well, he caught a couple at first and then he didn't know what he was doing and I caught the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went home with a couple, uh, three and a half pounders. Oh, that's good. That's pretty nice. Right on. Good eating, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to take advantage of taking fish home because you only get to keep one, right? Yeah, you only get one fish. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's a tough decision to make, whether that's the one you're going to take or not. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you got to get live while you're safe, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, like candy, though, good walleye. Yeah, oh, man, it's And our, our, our leg is so cold that the meat stays so nice. Yeah. Healthy fish. Yeah, we uh, we took some home the other day there when we were fishing on the river, and uh, yeah, it was just awesome. I can't beat it. So do you do uh, any fishing in the summertime on any other lakes other than Slave? Um, you know, really, I haven't. If I travel somewhere, I know I'm going to be close to the lake. I'll take a rod. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, I don't really like go out and travel anywhere to actually fish anywhere yeah, else. No. I would like to because I've taken up fly fishing the last few years. And, uh, of course, I did that in the mountains where there was really good fly fishing. But yeah. There are some places here in Alberta you can do some decent fly fishing. So, Well, I've seen a bunch of guys. I see them quite often um, fly fishing on the river. Yeah, I, I would really I, – I bought a bunch of rigging and stuff to do it here. I just yeah. really haven't made a, a plan to go out. Yet. You haven't done it on the boat? No. It's too tough with other people and everything um, else. Yeah, I just don't trust myself yet. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Well, let's get back into these bear hunting stories. Yeah. Because uh, you've got you've got a story to tell. I do. So, yeah, <laughs> when we left off last podcast, I think we were just, we were talking about uh, yeah, our podcast day of bear camp. Yeah, it was at an hour and a half when I cut you off. I said, okay, yeah. that's it. We're saving the rest for the next podcast. Yeah, you had me all hyped up. My I heart know. was going, you know, and you're like, nope, <laughs> we got to go. That's it. So yeah, quick recap. Day one, uh, Tim was. I was on the stand with Tim. We had a bear come and go. Uh, Tommy sat at uh, our bait number two, and he got skunked. Didn't see anything, but a couple of coyotes came through. I think. And then uh, day two, Tommy had a ton of action at uh, one of our bear baits, um, at a different bait that he sat on the first day. Me and Tim got skunked. And uh, you had a bit of a rodeo. Had you, a bit of a rodeo. You busted in the APA Mamba. I did. I let the uh, yeah. I let the snake strike twice. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I did tell this if you have if you haven't listened to the Bear Camp podcast, go back and listen to it. But I'll try and give a little bit more detail because uh, I sound wasted in that podcast. I, <laughs> I haven't listened do. to it, do you? I think I think we all do a little bit. Yeah, we're a little bit slurring. Well, it was um, one in the morning. Yeah, we were just tired. Nobody even had time to drink or do nothing. So. Yeah, I'll try and get into a little bit more detail. But um, so yeah, I think I had helped Tommy get set up in the tree stand. I hung a beaver for him or something, and then uh, I had to go back to camp for a few things, and then I, I headed out. And uh, I was going to my spot and stock area where you know typically I would have brought hunters this year if it wasn't for the border closure. And, uh, yeah, I decided I was going to walk this big power line that was built uh, a few years ago. And it's nice grown up, nice green grass now. And, uh, I think what we were the last week of May, last weekend of May when we were uh, out there. Yeah. Something like that. Mid May. So yeah, it was starting to get pretty green everywhere, but you know, we were looking for, I was spotting stocking. So I wanted something a little bit open country. I could see something from a distance and make a good play on it, especially cause I'm doing it with a bow and I wanted to be within, you know, that 40 yards. <clears throat> so I was heading to a spot where I, I actually had been before and uh, I was just going to park under one of these power pole, big power pole things and, and just start walking. And as I pulled up, I, I seen, you know, a big furry hump just feeding in the middle of the power line. And so I stopped you know, thinking to myself, no way it's going to be this easy. Right. And, uh, you know, that there's a bit of a clearing in the, in the trees um, where they brought the machines through, you know, to clear the, the power line. And there's an uprooted tree perfectly, like right between me and where this bear is feeding. So I'm thinking, okay, I can get all my stuff together right now. He, it's really windy. He doesn't see me. He doesn't hear me. Didn't, you know, see my truck or anything. He's still just feeding. I'll get all my gear together, get my cameras rolling, and then I'll move in and at least get to that uprooted tree where I can, you know, make a decision. And so the bear was at about 80 yards from, uh, you know, when I stepped out and got out onto the road and I was able to cover, you know, 10, 15 yards really easily. And then uh, about 20 yards. And as I was, as I was moving towards the bear, the bear was moving away from me. So I wasn't really closing any distance and I got to where that uprooted tree was. And by then I, it was very clear to me that it was a, you know, a very nice, mature black bear. And uh, from what I could tell, it was a good bore. So I decided, you know, if I can get this thing on film, if I can get it right in frame, if I get the shot perfect, I'm taking this bear. It's, it's the end of May, right? There's no better time than today when we're in bear camp. So, it, you know, that was a fairly easy decision. I got down on my hands and knees, made sure both my cameras were rolling. I think I had one on the GoPro and then, of course, my camcorder on my tripod. And I started crawling through the sand and through the, the grass. And the bear just kept feeding and I closed into about, you know, 50 yards. And then I came up on this mound and I had high ground and there wasn't any reason to crawl anymore because if he saw me, he was going to see me no matter what. So the wind was obviously in your favor. Yeah, the wind was in my favor. So I'm kind of coming perpendicular across the power line and the wind's just howling down the power line. So yeah, I've, good wind and, you know, no problem. I don't even have to check it. You can see, you can feel it. And so... This bear was just feeding in this in this shorter grass. There was a little bit of a wet spot where the grass didn't get a chance to grow up as tall. And he was just eating the younger grass. And he was just doing like figure eights or circles. And I just moved every time he turned his back. And he never once, you know, saw me or 
laid an eye on me or anything. And I closed the distance to about 30 yards. And then I got the camera all set up. I adjusted a few times. And then when it was just perfect, I waited for that bear to step forward and show his his armpit broadside. And I stood up and I drew back. And I, I was, you know, I'd been there. I'd been standing there for probably, you know, 30 minutes, almost 40 minutes. I'd been just sitting within you know 45 yards of this bear oh, just wow. waiting that would have felt like an eternity it was felt like a long time because when you know and, and i kept sec- second guessing myself should i shoot now should i shoot now yeah no i'm just gonna wait till it's perfect yeah perfect because he doesn't even know i'm there so when i thought it was perfect i still was a little bit too excited i was shaking pretty good and uh, i thought i accounted for the wind properly and everything was all good and when i released um you know right off the release i just knew it was not going where i wanted it and uh, the arrow just hooked left, went right under his chin, and uh, he kind of, he huffed, sprinted back, did a circle, kind of looked around, put his nose in the air like they do, just trying to figure out what, what happened. Um, you know, I immediately hit the dirt again, got the camera back on him. Um, he wow. didn't see me at all. <laughs> Lucky enough, right? And... Uh, yeah, so he starts circling back. He slowly starts coming, you know, approaching where the arrow hit the ground. And he's got his nose in the air and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. And I'm not really hiding behind anything. I'm probably hiding behind, you know, three feet of a little bit of grass. And I'm just crouched down with my, you know, my camouflage on. And I just got my hat tipped down to cover my eyes. And I'm just watching him at his feet and he can't see me at all. Yeah. And so I'm, all, you know, I'm also thinking, okay, what the hell did I do wrong? And I knew I was just way too excited. So I told myself, I'm going to wait 20 yards. Now, you know, obviously 30 wasn't good enough. I'm going to wait till 20 yards. He's going to get closer. He's coming back. And so he did another loop. I was able to close a little bit more ground. And then we got to about 15 yards. Wow. And he was feeding. And I was like, okay, he's feeding away from me. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I stood up. He, uh, he just turned on a dime, started walking right back towards me. I had to crouch back down. And uh, I, there's, there's footage of this. He's walking straight towards me, and he's like, he's looking like right at me, but he's looking straight through me. And uh, I'm like, shit, am I gonna have to like stand up and spook this bear now? Because obviously I can't shoot him at four feet straight on. And uh, you know, I'm at his level too. I'm crouched down on one knee, and I'm just holding the camera. And I got an arrow knocked, and you know, I do have bear spray in my pocket. But good luck with all that. <clears throat> And so he got to about 14 yards. I think I ranged him. Um, And then he just took a slight turn away from me and went straight broadside. He took three more steps. I stood up. I drew back and uh, I cranked him at like 11 yards. Wow. And, uh, you know, straight through, watch watch that arrow go right through him. He huffed twice, did three big steps and, uh, yeah, he piled up over the hill. He didn't even go, he didn't even go ten yards from where the arrow was. Nice. And he was all piled up. So, um, you know, out of respect, I gave him the half an hour, like we always say we usually do. Um, even though I could see, you know, I could see his little mound of fur piled up behind a stump. And uh, yeah, I went to find my arrow, came back, looked for him. He's obviously right where he laid. And lo and behold, it's this chocolate bear nice so i was super pumped right yeah. i was really happy I, yeah, yeah. I i was i committed to getting a black bear of any kind 
Um, it's kind of been a thing between me and you. You keep asking me every spring if I'm going to shoot another blackberry. I'm like, oh, it's got to be colored. It's got to be colored <laughs> the last, you know, two or three years. Or a jumbo. Or a jumbo, yeah, right? you'll get that feeling. And uh, even early in this spring, I was kind of not really excited about bear season. I, I wanted to get you guys bears, yeah. and I wasn't really worried about myself. And then, of course, I got this bow, and then, you know, we were really worked hard this spring, and it got me really pumped up to get a bear with my bow. So I was super happy when I watched the bear hit the ground, but then when I walked up to him and realized it was my first color bear, it was it was pretty nice. awesome, pretty good moment. Yeah. And uh, to do it solo and to do it, you know, a f- good 45-minute stalk, um, I felt full ninja. You know, he didn't even know I was there yeah. at all. Even when I shot him at 11 yards, he didn't see me. Wow. Um, so, you know, it was just couldn't ask for a better, no, you a better situation. That is too cool, man. But yeah. you know, putting a stock on anything and then to self film it with a bull with a bow is a huge achievement. Well, and so many times, you know, I, I stood halfway up, you know, took my took my knees off the ground, clipped in, and then realized, oh, he's walking. Okay, I gotta move the camera. Crouch back down, move the camera. Okay, now okay, he's a good shot here, but there's a blade of grass covering his vitals yeah. in the camera. I can see him good. But there's a little bush. It looks like I'm shooting through a bush. Okay, let's just wait. And, you know, when you have a situation that's perfect like that, where the wind is great, it's constant, um, his head's down, he's not, he has no idea I'm there. And to be lucky enough to, you know, fuck up once and miss and get another shot at him without him having any idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just couldn't have been happier with the situation and you know what that's that comes with experience yeah. and i've noticed that with myself too um you can now read these situations a lot better than you could have you know five or six years oh, ago absolutely. Where five or six years ago myself you um as soon as you see that bear you're gonna run right up to that thing and you might spook it and if you don't spook it you're gonna fucking take the first shot you can at it but you know, year after year after year after year, you just learn how to read everything so much better, and, and you learn you how know to, that you have that time. You learn how to rein in that that fucking, you know, that energy that you just yeah. want to, you just want to go for your sure. bloodthirst, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's the excitement. Yeah, no, that's what it is. And man. you just rein it in, and you know, you really you got to savor the moment. Yeah. And that, that's why you know th- that bear on its own. Um, even before part two of this story, that barrel that's forever memorable for me because yeah. it was like a solid 40, you know, a solid two and a half hours before I was done with just that bear. Yes, that's, From that's too cool. I didn't know it took to that finish. long. Uh, yeah, it was a 40 minute stock. I thought it was a 15 minute ordeal. No, no. I watched him at 40, you know, at 45 yards for 15 yeah. minutes just because I couldn't get any closer. I had to wait for him. So I was hoping I would have seen that bear whole, but you skinned it out there. I had to. And and, I, and so I wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah. I actually wasn't going to. I was going to, uh, you know, unload the quad or whatever and just get him up because I had lots of time. I shot this bear. It was, if it might have been 6.30, but I think it was 7.30. Yeah, I think it was 7.30 because it, it was, you know, that middle part, right, right sort of the beginning of when the sun starts going down and you yeah. realize, you know, you only have a couple hours left. And so, yeah, I spent, you know, I spent half an hour, 45 minutes just admiring that bear and, you know, taking a few videos and and uh, making sure I got some good photos. Uh, all I had, unfortunately, was my uh, video camera with me, so I didn't get to take good DSLR photos. But, you know, you got to take time. You only get to take pictures once. And like you said, that bear wasn't whole once you guys saw it. So yeah. I had to do what I could with the video camera, and that took about an hour and a half. 
And then but uh, I did see the photos you took of that bear, and I'm glad you like you got good photos of the bear hole. And uh, that's when I, I I seen that photo. And I told you I'm like, man, that's a that's a dandy of a bear. And you're yeah. like, I know, like that's a big bear. Um, but you know, when you just see a hide rolled up, it's it's tough to judge. And we, I didn't yeah. even I don't think I seen that hide open right up. Either. No, I don't think we opened it at all. Um, but no, that bear looks like a. a great size yeah. bear and and you know just by judging by the photo i was saying he's i think he'd crack 19 like yeah. he looks like he's got the head on yeah. him i'm 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 pretty confident he's gonna go pope and young which yeah. is uh you know that's that's awesome to me because yeah. to do it i have killed a bear with a bow before um it might be pope and young honestly i haven't measured yeah. it but that was you know my first year of hunting with a bow and uh, this one definitely means a lot more to me it's just a lot more behind it and uh, yeah, I, I do hope it goes Pope and Young, but either way, it doesn't matter. It's probably my most, well, this one and the next one will be my most memorable bears ever. No, it will. Up to It'll date. It'll go. I, I'll put fucking money down oh. on it. You'll put um, a little bit of money on oh, it. No, no, I'll put, I'll put, if, if someone wanted to bet me, I would, uh, in this case, I'm a betting man. All right. Well, that's um, good to know because you're you're the bear, you're the skull judge. Man, I've genie. been freaking close been real a good. lot of times. This guy is within a quarter inch. In the last five, much, five like last ninety percent of the yeah. time, like freaking close. Um, so you you killed this bear, you gave it a half hour, you got your photos with it, you did what you had to do, your videos, everything else, and then did you start skinning it right then and there, or like you said, you were going to get your quad, or what happened? What made you decide to skin it out, or was that a decision after all the rest of the shenanigans? Yeah. Went so down? yeah. So the rest of it just unfolds, just like you said. So I okay, was layer out. I was taking my videos. I was super pumped. You know, I was thanking the, the awesome team at APA. Um, I wanted to make sure I thanked uh, Blake with uh, Black Widow Innovations. What were you using, the PX2s or the Widowmakers? I was, I was using the PX2s, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, they did a fantastic job. Um, APA, you know, you guys did a fantastic job. That bow is awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, yeah, I was really, you can ask Brody, I was super worried, nervous about doing all this. And, yeah, it's fantastic, so really happy with that i was taking care of making sure i thanked all those guys with the bear in front of me and uh i decided okay well you know what i better go before i skin it out just because i want to savor some more of the moment and sort of relax and uh really decide what i want to do whether i'm going to skin it out or take it whole uh i'm going to go look for my arrow that i shot into the ground because i had loom knock so i figured okay it'll take you know 10 15 minutes at most should be able to find it I start looking and, you know, like I said, it's probably an hour, hour and a half from when I would shot the bear and the wind wasn't howling anymore. It's getting to be about eight o'clock, right? So you're getting to like the last two hours of light. The weather always settles down and the wind, the wind just stopped. And as soon as the wind stopped, it was like, it was like you just got into an airport or something. The, the bugs just picked right up and there was just a constant buzzing. And they just attacked me. They were climbing in my ears and my mouth and my eyes, down my shirt. And I'm like, holy crap, this is like ungodly. So I literally, you know, without anything, I think I had already brought my bow back to the truck once. Yeah, well, my bow was at the truck. So I had brought it back. I think I had brought my backpack to the bear. And then I had gone and looked for my arrow. I said, okay, now I need to go get my thermosel. I need to go get my head net. And I'll grab whatever else I need from the truck. So I start jogging and we're only probably 80 yards from the truck and there's an old, you know, logging road or the old uh, mulcher road and I'm jogging. I kind of got my head down and I'm watching because I'm jumping through the ruts and 
I fell and ate shit and I got back up and kept jogging and swatting at bugs and you know they were crazy and I look up I'm about 40 yards from my truck and I just something told me to look up and I looked up and at a dead stop there's this blonde bear standing wow 30 yards from me 10 yards from my truck you know and I'm farther furthest from my truck and we're just looking at each other like both wide-eyed like holy shit what what's going on and uh, so right away you know I pulled my bear spray out uh, I pulled my phone out because I didn't have my camera, and uh, I just started saying, hey, bear, hey, bear. Like, at first, of course, I thought grizzly because I saw the color, but as soon as you drop back down on fours, it was just a, you know, a mature black bear. And uh, So your heart must have just oh, I was, beat it out of your freaking chest when you first seen him standing, thinking he oh, might have been a grizzly bear. Oh, and, and he's, you know, he's downwind of my dead bear. Yeah. Right, so I'm thinking, like, all that just happens in a flash in my mind. I'm like, oh fuck, great. And right? you got bear spray, but that's all you got. That's all I got, yeah. and it's you know, it's still a little bit windy. It's not, you know, it's not dead calm, but the bugs are terrible. You know, I'm caught with my pants down basically, yeah. and I was just like, holy shit. And the bear, you know, I could see it in the bear's eyes too right away. He was like, holy shit. He dropped down. He started sort of started walking towards me, sniffing, but not in an aggressive way. And uh, so I I just put the you know, I put the rotation on him and I just started, we started circling each other. And, uh, you know, we both got about halfway. So we're about an even distance from my truck. And the whole time I got the video on my phone, we'll have to put it in the, in the episode. And I was just going to say, so this <laughs> video obviously isn't on your camcorder because your camcorder was recording at the bear, right? No, my camcorder was actually in the truck, I think. Oh, so I okay. ran my bow and my, my, my camera back, grabbed my backpack and my knives, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go grab my arrow first. Okay. And then I had to go back to the truck to get all my bug yeah, gear. Yeah, what we should do is we should we should post like a short video of on, from your we cell phone can. and put it on the the Instagram and Facebook story yeah, that's when a we good release idea. this podcast. And, you know, it's not the best. It's not professional. It's no, more it's like a... a uh, it's, it's actually more like a terrible horror movie footage because I'm like shaking like a motherfucker. I'm like, hey, bear, hey, bear, stay away, you back off, bear. You managed to pull your phone out. I have my phone out, and I think my phone and the bear spray were in the same hand. And I'm like pointing at the bear and like got my other arm in the air. And uh, so, yeah, we circle. We're at about even distance from my truck, and that's when I realized like, okay, my bow's in my truck and my other tag's in my pocket. Okay, now, like, obviously this bear is not too scared, and he's obviously not going to come at me. So I stopped saying, you know, get bear, go away, bear, and I just started saying, stay bear, stay there, (laughs) don't move. And I circled around, I got behind my truck, I opened my door, I pulled my bow out, I opened my camera, I set my camera. Actually, you know what, rewind, you are right, my camera was recording at the other bear. Yeah, because you called me a week later and you said that your camera was recording at the bear and it caught you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So I put my phone down on the truck and you can hear what played out in the audio of my phone video. But yes, when I was going through the footage, I did find, you know, the final shot. So what happened is I, I grabbed my bow, knocked an arrow, set my phone down, put my bear spray away circled up to that bear he went up over the hill and then down in behind the one that had my you know my bear that already died and so i was able to grab my camera on the way by set it up this bear crossed this little creek i jumped over a log across the creek drew back 
and uh, got it all on film. And uh, yeah, I knocked the blonde one down too. Wow. So your camera, yeah. So your camera that was at the bear caught that all on film. Cause so I, I was able to, because the bear basically walked right by my camera. When I walked by it going after it, I just grabbed my camera and then I just set it up on where the bear was standing across the creek. Nice. I walked in front of the camera, passed it around a tree. I drew back, and you can see wow. the bear stayed in, in one spot, and you got it all on film. Really? Yeah. That is too freaking cool, pretty awesome. Man. And so in the matter of two hours, I ended up with two, you know, life once-in-a-lifetime bears, uh, both color phase, and uh, both mature black boars. And blonde, that one, blonde and as can one, be. And this one is blonde as can be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the second one is blonde as can be. When so, that thing gets cleaned up and ran through that drum, that hide is going to be just yeah. absolutely stunning. Yeah, and he, you know, he was wet when I got him, so he was he's even lighter than when yeah. I saw him. Yeah. And so that's pretty amazing. And yeah, you just, you know, when you, when you think it can't get any better... You got a funny way of being wrong. Yeah. Sometimes. You know? So Tim and I were sitting in the stand. Not a, not a thing came through. We climbed down. I think it was like 1040, 1030. We climbed down and we had no service in that stand. So we couldn't send or receive any messages. But at like nine o'clock, we got one little bar and I got like six messages on my phone. Um, a few from Tommy that he had sent at like 230 in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, one from Amy that said, did somebody get a bear? And then, man, that's all I got. Like, no other messages from you saying you got a bear, nothing from Tommy saying you got a bear. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, why is Amy asking if someone got a bear? Um, and I think you had posted something in your Instagram story or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, so we're trying to reply to people to ask, but no service, right? And so by the time we actually got to the highway where we had service, it was like 11 o'clock. And I'm trying to phone Tommy at this point, seeing what's happening, because then I'm starting to get messages. I got a message from Tommy. I think Eric got a color face bear is what he said. And um, and then now I can access Instagram and I seen your story where you had a photo of the darker one. And uh, so we came to the assumption that you got a bear and me and Tim went to camp and we were expecting to see Tommy there. But he sat in that stand, I think, until 11 o'clock or so because he had bears right yeah he said he was stuck there yeah he was stuck there yeah Yeah. and then he was at that bait where the grizzlies were too right so um we weren't too sure what was going on with him but he she he showed up after you i believe it was late when he got back i uh yeah i finished up right at last like last night by the time i got that second bear all done up so what what i what i did i go back to this so why did you skin that first bear rather than quadding it out so um, like I said, I was prepared. I had the bear laying on his belly or laying on his back. Um, and I was going to skin it out. I was, I just decided, you know, it's easier for me. I'm going to take the meat, pack the quarters. It's just easier than I don't have to unload my quad or anything. Then I ran back to the truck, you know, the blonde bear happened, shot that one. That one died when, when, when I shot it, um, I actually circled it back towards the road and then shot it closer to the road. And so I was able to just go in from the roadside and pull him out across that little creek. And so he was, I pulled him right out onto the road. And then uh, I was able to just uh, redneck ingenuity him back in up in beside the quad with, you know, some leverage and some cables and some straps and some stuff. And I got him in the truck hole. And then I decided, okay, it's getting dark now. It's just going to be way faster, way better for the hide, way better for the meat and everything. If I just, you know, rip this guy apart right here. 
And, uh, you know, he was the, f- the first one, the chocolate one was the bigger bear, um, significantly. So body wise. So I, I did want to like keep all the meat and everything. So yeah, that was my decision to, to skin him out. And I finished up right about dark, like right about legal light. I'm like, okay, I really, really want to beat these guys back to camp. Okay. That's what I want. So yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to rip back, and, you know, I was far. I was a ways away. I was about 40 minutes from camp. Well, so we had hunted where you were that day the next day. Yeah. And um, and so we were around 40 or 50K down that highway. Yeah. And then Pretty so, close. And I think I, I was trying to find where you were because I seen your video, um, but I couldn't. I Well, I might have. But yeah. um, And then from that highway, we were still another 20 clicks or so from camp. And then off that highway too, right? So it was about a 45-minute jaunt to get back from where you were yeah. an hour jaunt. So. And a nice evening, you know. So I, I ripped back and uh, I got back. I don't know how. I was right behind you guys. Must have been. Yeah, you, we were. We got back to camp about 15 minutes before you did. Yeah, because yeah, you guys had the lights on and everything by then. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to get dinner going and stuff. And, you know, as soon as I rolled in, I can hear Tim say, I could smell the bear. That's the first thing he said to me. Yeah. You literally pulled in. Two two hundred yards away, he's like, "Oh, I can smell the bear from here." And I'm like, "No, you can't smell the bear." He said, "Yeah, I can smell the bear," and uh, and sure enough, well, well, yeah. So I walked into camp, and you're like, "So what happened?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't want to say nothing yet. Just gonna wait." Yeah, because we didn't. I didn't know fucking yeah. anything. Yeah, I seen I one like photo of you with like a broadhead and some fur or something. Yeah, and uh, and that's all I seen. Yeah. And I, I like to keep it quiet. I like to, you know, I yeah, want to wait for Tommy. You weren't saying a fucking word. No. Like you walked in, you're like, just wait. Like I'm, you might have said two more words than that, but you didn't say nothing until Tommy arrived. You're yeah. like, you're like, just wait, just wait. It was yeah. dark. I'm like, well, can we? You're like, no, just wait. Let's go back to camp. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, well, you wanted to go see it, right? You're like, let's go back to the truck. I want to see it. Yeah, I'm like, like, we'll no, just no, wait until no, no, Tommy just gets wait. here. Let's just yeah. wait. This is too good to like <laughs> yeah. tell this story more than one time. <laughs> So, and you know, these guys thought, you know, they thought, okay, he's got one bear. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I, I'm like, I fuck, know. he got a Danny bear spot in stock, just what he wanted. I'm like, man, that's so good for him. <laughs> and so you're probably thinking, I'm going to roll into camp all happy and giddy and excited, right? Yeah, that's what I was expecting. But yeah. because of all that happened, I'm like, okay, I got to keep my, just got to hold my composure because some shit went down tonight. And like... These guys have no idea because now I haven't had time to post anything. I haven't had time to tell anybody. Like when I shot the bear, I texted you or maybe I just texted Tommy. I didn't get a message from you at all. Okay. So I texted yeah. Tommy because he had, I think we were talking at the time and I said, oh, bear down. Yeah. And then I was like, nice black one. And then, uh, and then I don't oh, know. I think no, I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you did text me. Here, I'm sure I'm gonna, I texted I'm gonna you. I'm going to dig up this message because... Uh, it was quite humorous, actually. I was sure. So, yeah, I you, you did text it, text me. Um, that was so. There we are. There. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. So um, at seven oh eight, I got bear down, bear with the bow down, black, but I'll take him. And then at seven thirty six, I got a message. So that is. Uh, 32 minutes yeah one of my last two texts is now confirmed false (laughs) dot 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 hope you guys are having a good sit with a thumbs up 
Okay. Yeah. And so I messaged you. So that was at 736. So like I said, I didn't get to the highway till 11. So I messaged you at 1045, tried sending the message four times. The fourth time it went through. Just got down from the stand. Phone is going crazy because we had no service. Where are you giving me a call? He said, I'm just heading back to camp, camp coming from the beep bait area. That was at 10.59. Yeah, so that was right at 11 o'clock. I was on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. You messaged me, are you back? And I said, yes. And that was at like 11.03. So, and then I rolled in like minutes later. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you did message me. Um, but you and said, I, one I like- of those are false. So, I'm like, one of those are false. So, I'm like, okay. I'm like, fuck. Did he, like we talked on the last podcast, did he arrow a bear, say it was down, and then he lost the bear, or it, and I knew it's you a color would think phase that. bear. I knew you would think that, so I'm, I'm like, like, this man. is perfect. I'm going to stir his head up. Yeah, but then I seen the photo on Instagram. I'm like, okay, it's because he got a color phase bear then. Because I think Tommy messaged me. He said, I think Eric got a color phase. Yeah, because I texted Tommy. I was like, oh, I think it's chocolate. Yeah. And then I didn't. And then I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> so then, yeah. So these guys had no idea that this whole second bear had happened, right? They thought that I just spent the rest of the night cruising around or whatever, right? And so I waited. And Tommy was only minutes behind me. And so when he rolled up, we all kind of met him out there and... We were walking out. He drove right past my truck, so he was actually closer to camp. And we all got to walk back together. And we walked up to the side of my truck, and and like I said, I cut up the chocolate one, and I put it all up in game bags and under the, underneath the quad. And we rolled up, and this bl- blonde <laughs> leg is hanging out of the back. I of I was truck. fucking baffled because I seen the photo of the dark one you sent, and then I walk up and I see this blonde one, and I had to like second guess, like, hey, did I see the right post or what the fuck? You're is like, going on but here? the. But the picture you posted wasn't <laughs> was brown. Did you go and exchange your bear at Walmart for a different yeah. color? I'm like, that's not the bear that I posted the picture yeah, that's of. That's what you said. You said that's not the bear. Yeah. And fucking serious. And I'm like, what? You got two bears? And sure enough, yeah. You got two I pulled bears. Out, pulled out that other game bag and yeah. Yeah, and they're both dandies. Like I would say that that blonde one, he'll go over eighteen. He'll go Pope and Young too. But that uh, that darker one, he uh, he'll go. He'll. What did I say? So within a quarter inch of nineteen is what I think. Yeah, I think you're on the money there. I yeah. think it's a good bear. Because really it's hard to tell when you just got a rolled up hide. Yeah, but those um, pictures. But the picture that I seen afterwards. Yeah. Uh, like I said, that's why pictures are so important, man. Because uh, that's your last chance to document that animal the way, whole. like, the whole, right? Yeah. Um, so getting good quality pictures is just yeah. crucial. And, uh, and yeah, when I seen those photos, which was just, I think, last week or something, um, I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking big bear. That's a great bear. So Yeah, it was a hell of a spring. You couldn't, you know, I do... I do. I put a lot of work in for other people most of the season, most of most of the year for every season, and I don't really make time for myself when it comes to you know, especially bears. I do make time for myself. You know, I do my sheep thing. That's what I sort of consider my thing. But after that, I'm always willing to you know let somebody else pull the trigger. And so it was nice to. uh, It was nice because we worked so hard this spring. Yeah, we got you a bear. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, You know, Katie got her first real experience pushing her own limits bear hunting and not getting a bear which is you know important in itself and then uh you know tommy got a bear tim hunted hard tim actually did get a bear later on and uh 
Yeah, and then, you know, your brother, you got a bear. Yeah. Charlie was just freaking knocking bears down yeah, left, we'll right, center. In, or we'll have Charlie in here uh, in the next... It, within the next few podcasts, and he can tell his story because yeah. he has a story that is uh, unmatched. He's, he's had an un- unbelievable spring as well. And yeah, it's just, it. you got to be so thankful. This is why we do it, right? You got to be so thankful for years like this because this is why we put the work in. Yeah. Because you can only hope for what what, what just happened, right? Yeah, that's unreal, man. Unreal. And, uh, and you have to be okay if it doesn't happen because... Yeah. You know, like once in a lifetime is once in a lifetime for a reason, right? Yeah. No, without a doubt. That is, yeah, that's insane. Absolutely insane. So you wrote a, a, a wicked article to go along with that story. So check it out, guys, at nontypical.org. Um, we've got some guys putting together some phenomenal content. Um, Eric's got his story up there. Uh, Charlie's actually been documenting his his journey to 170 inch whitetail. I think he's released six or seven or eight articles. Uh, Kyle Sinclair Smith. Um, he, uh, just got into sheep hunting about a year and a half ago. Same thing. He's been documenting his journey. He's wrote eight, eight, uh, eight entries, uh, with that one. And, um, and then Charlie also, uh, put up his, his bear hunt from this year. He, uh, sort of condensed a whole month and a half of bear hunting into uh, a nice, uh, nice article. And, uh, you know, the guy's got some really good stuff on there. Good recipes as well. And, uh, Hey, you might've already found the webpage if you're listening to this podcast, because that's up there as well. Um, but yeah, man, once in a lifetime, like that is just unfricking real. Yeah. And we're just, you know, real. we're so lucky to live in a place where we get two bears every, yeah. every year we get to hunt you know, the highest population of color phase bears in our province, you know, in, in parts of Western Canada, we have, you know, the best population of color phase and it's just, we got such great black bear hunting. You got to take advantage of it. And let's, let's fucking plug primal adventures and outfitting because that's your outfitting business and you've got tags in this exact same zone. Yeah. Um, so me and so now, so I should say that was the sun that was Saturday or Sunday. That was Saturday. That was Saturday. So me and Tim went to that same area the next day, and we did see a couple of bears. Um, we seen one really nice one that we ended up putting a stock on. We spotted it at about 300 yards. And Tim, he could have made the shot, but he had wanted a colored face. So I said, well, let's at least put a stock on it. Let's get closer. Because um, he had a rifle, and he said, I'm comfortable up to 400. So we could have done it, but I said, let's 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 try this one like let's get a little closer see what we're working with um we got to about 200 and it wasn't long and that bear had gone the wind wasn't in our favor um you know it just wasn't a great setup we were just covering ground and uh, we're down a trail and he actually seen us didn't run right away we covered 100 got to two and and the bear was gone um and that's in that same area that you have your tags so nice thing about this too is if you want a bear to eat like Eating bears at baits is really no big deal. Um, no as long as you aren't feeding them rotten stuff all the time, right? I've eaten, you know, quarters and back straps off of every single bear I've taken at a bait. Um, but if you want the best bear meat you can pretty much get, it's in these spot and stock zones because they're eating, you know, they're eating grasses. They're filling up on berries in the in the fall and summertime. Um, so uh, good eating. Have you eaten any of yours yet i know you oh, took yeah, quite a bit of meat you we took, took a lot we took all just about all the meat from both bears and uh yeah we've pounded through a quarter of it oh really oh yeah we've been eating it you know we eat it every night we and don't we so, don't buy any meat so that's no. why i i'm not afraid to 
you know, take a couple bears a year. I, I personally don't because everybody else gets to, you know, in the family or whatever the last few years, but we got to have bear meat every spring. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There is, and, and if you aren't eating the bears, that's fine. A lot of guys don't eat the bears. And, and like I've explained to guys before, the bear hunt, like the ungulate deer hunting, elk hunting, moose hunting, guys hunt them for the meat. Okay. Bear hunting, you don't hunt bears for the meat. You hunt bears to control the population That's so right. you don't have an imbalance of predators and ungulates, right? That's right. Um, and then if you do eat the meat, well, then that's a big bonus for you. Yeah, it's a double whammy for us. Yeah, so if, if a guy shoots two bears in the zone, you don't have to feel bad about not taking the meat. Legally, you don't have to. Um, and again, that hunt isn't necessarily about the meat. It's about controlling those predator numbers. And there's a reason we have two bear areas. There's just so many of them. Because there's so many bears, right? that's right and so yeah so the next day the sunday tim and i were out in that same area you were in we had nice weather until about six o'clock and then it started raining on us and then it started pouring on us and so we are an hour away from camp at this point so i looked at the weather for that evening and it said pouring rain all evening all night and then i looked at the weather for the lake that's right by our camp and it said it's clearing up by seven o'clock and you got sun for the evening. So I said, Tim, we have two options. We can cover ground in the rain, which personally, if if you have nice weather and then it rains for four hours, those bears are going to, I find they're going to stay bedded until that rain's passed. And then they're going to move once that rain's done. And it was calling for rain all evening. <clears throat> so he said, well, why don't we go sit in the stand if it's going to clear up? So we drove the hour to the stand, got to, um, the stand at i think it was eight o'clock it was late it was late 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 and it, we walked in and it appeared that no bears have been there since we were there the day before <clears throat> we climb in the stand and we sat there until 10 30 and we got skunked not a not a single thing the weather was good though but we got skunked and that was his final day um and then i think i i left that evening he left that evening he got a flat tire <laughs> just outside of slave lake it was one in the morning yeah, late in the middle of the night yeah one in the morning and then tommy he had sat at the same bait he sat at the day before and had a ton of action again with the same bears that were there the day earlier and he opted to to pass and so um or the day before he told us he was going to release an arrow on one of those so did you talk to him what was the reasoning behind that or what 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 happened that evening once we left he was just having a real hard time judging him in that stand, you know. Yeah. He, was, he he said honestly, man. He said this, you know, I've never never sat in a tree this high. Um, he's not really used to stand hunting like that. I don't think um, this is a brand new bait to him. And it, you know, it is a high tree stand. He was just having a hard time judging those bears. And uh, you know, I told him I was like, man, it's it's really up to you. Don't feel bad about taking one. You you know, they're here. We, there's plenty of them. You came all this way. You know, at least you can do is get a nice hide and, and, you know, have some meat or... Yeah, this is his second time coming up too. Yeah, you know, and he drives, you know, eight hours or whatever. He drives 13 hours. Is it that far? Yeah. Well, then there you go. All the more reason. 13 hours. And, and you know, he's he's come twice for bear hunting now and, and seen bears, but I don't know. I just told him, you know, man, you like bow hunting, you, you know, just take, take another animal off the list. Yeah. Right? There's no reason why not to. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta. You gotta get that safety bear because now he'll come back. Yeah, and now he can be like, oh, I got a black one. I can go hunt for a jumbo, or I can go hunt for you know something real pretty. Yeah, you just gotta get the monkey off your back. That's sometimes. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, 
and and he you know that's that's the biggest thing is he was back and forth back and forth and so i think when he finally released it he was pretty happy that you know he got yeah so he had one. guided one he had guided bears one year i think three years ago and so so he had seen some big bears like 20 inch bears and whatnot and I think what it is, when you're guiding guys to jumbo bears, 19, 20-inch bears, and you see these jumbo bears, and then you see a bear that's an 18-incher or so, you know, maybe well, 19. And, and especially in an established area, like that guy that he worked for, that's a phenomenal oh, yeah. phenomenal outfitting yeah. for bears. Yeah, right, for sure. A phenomenal area, way up, you know, north in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, they're looking at awesome bears all day long. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just not. It's a different quality of 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 baits than than what we were running. Yeah, well, the area where we were baiting, um, so that's a totally different area than where you got your bears. Yeah, um, there is a ton of bears in that area. There's a ton of them, but there's also a lot of baiters. Yeah, and the reason is is because there's so much access back there. And it's close to town. Yeah, so. This year, we've seen more bear baiting signs than any other year before. There was one road that's about 30 kilometers long, and I'd went down it one day, and I spotted over 20 bear baiting signs on nearly every trail and entrance. Yeah. Um, and it was like two or three of the same signs. So what it is is it's two or three different guys, and they've just got monopolized the whole area. Like they've got every and, trail, they have a bait. And guys had so much free time this spring, right? Nobody's working. People want to go hunting, this COVID stuff, right? So yeah. guys were out hammering hard on the baits. Yeah. And so, um, so this year, our baits were a little bit slower in those areas. Um, they did pick up, well, some, like the bait Tommy sat at picked up. We had three or four different bears on it. It was slower early on. Um, the bait that you and Katie sat at, you know, it was consistent with two or three bears, but they just, I think they just outsmarted us is what I think. I it was. think what happened is um, we were, we had them early on. And then I think they're like, we, we thought, at the time that some bait, some more baits moved in. Yeah, and that that and then very I well think could have been you it. know they were just baiting more often or you know baiting something a little bit tastier and the bears were just spending their time there, and then you know if they heard something or smelled something they just weren't coming into our bait. Yeah, because they that, were always there when we weren't there. I know, right? I know it's crazy. Well, let's get back into the story. I keep sidetracking. So that was the Sunday. Um, I leave camp. Tim leaves camp. Tommy comes back, tells you, and sends me messages of how we've seen these bears. Um, didn't release an arrow. And uh, you guys were cooking bear tenderloin, so I actually stuck around a bit for that because that was down. Yeah, good. we had dinner. Or back straps yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next day was the Monday. So you were taking down camp Monday. I was at the shop here. I was up to my eyeballs and bears that came in on the weekend skinning and everything else. And uh, Tommy had made the decision that he was going to hunt one more day. And uh, so he did. And so did you guys sort of have a talk? And did he tell you, like, if this bear comes in, I'm going to take it? Or, hey, I just want to sit another day and see if something else comes? Or Well, that's what I, that I, I think. Yeah, we sort of had a talk, but he didn't really change his, <clears throat> his directive at all. Like, he was really sort of on the fence. And I'm like, you know what, man? I always just tell people, if it feels right, you know you'll feel it, you know, you, you just know if it yeah. feels right, you know, it's yeah. time, it's a time to let one go. It's time to, you know, draw back and release one. Um, so I said, just go sit. If you're not in a rush to get home, just go sit. 
because we know there's a jumbo coming in there every couple days. Um, you know, worst thing is you get some awesome footage of that ginormous grizzly bear that's been coming in there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right? And he was excited about that. He's comfortable with bears. so Was he? he? Yeah, he was okay. like, you know what? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm not in a rush to get home. I might as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he went and sat. And obviously, there was a moment where it felt right. And uh, yeah, he he let one go, and I got a text from him. I was actually I was actually out hunting that area with my brother, uh, just cruising around, and and uh, yeah, I got a text from Tommy Bear Down. So nice. He ended up yeah he anchored a, a really nice uh, yeah really nice mature sow. Yeah, it was a it was a, a good sized bear. We uh, I I thought that bear was a boar when I seen it on the camera the day earlier. I'm like, man, look at the head on that. Like it has a good size head for a sow. And I've never seen a bear. I've honestly, honestly, never seen a bear that well furred that late in the year. Yeah, it was really well furred, consistent all the way through. And what I've noticed too is sows in particular seem to be the first ones to rub. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Absolutely, you've noticed that. Absolutely, sows and then young bears are always the first ones to rub. Absolutely, yeah. I was just gonna say that. Um, I actually shot. It was the I think it was like the last (laughs) week of the season, four or five years ago. Oh, it was a long time ago, and I was spot and stock hunting. I'd hunted a lot that year. Um, Actually, that was the year that Tommy had came up, and I had a buddy, another buddy from Saskatchewan, come up earlier. He got a bear, but I hadn't got one. And I ended up shooting a sow and this thing had almost like it was rubbed just to all hell. But I wanted some bear meat. Yeah. And I oh I got some I got like at that point I brought the whole bear to the butcher and he just butchered the whole thing for me. Um but that bear was rubbed. It was yeah. rubbed. I'm doing a shoulder mount with it. Um so we're still gonna incorporate it with all the other shoulder mounts I'm gonna do eventually. But um but yeah, that's what I've noticed. The sows are always seem to be the first ones to rub, and they usually rub the worst. Um, but uh, no, good for him, man. Like it was a really well furred bear, re- like you said, um, well furred, especially for this time of year, consistent all the way through. You know what I think the deciding factor might have been for him is uh, I think one moment I turned to him and I said, you know what, if you shoot a bear, it'll make your window worth it. <laughs> for sure, man. He smashed his window second time coming up uh you know go back empty-handed again 10 minutes into the hunt smashed his back oh, window man. with his quad yeah it's a killer yeah. and bad luck absolute killer and so yeah you know he uh he went home with a bear yeah so he came by to my house that evening actually stayed at my house that evening and we uh got his bear skinned out and yeah he was pumped up he was really pumped and i was super happy for him and uh, yeah we're gonna tan it up for him and he'll have a nice bear to hang on the wall and uh some bear meat and a nice skull as well so um you know awesome for him and the next day he uh, headed back to saskatchewan and so at that point we were at about the end of may and so um i went out with a new a guy who's never hunted before and um at this point we had stopped sort of filling up our baits we just hadn't consistently done it and this was i think the the first week of June, I think, is what it was, or maybe the very start of the second week. And so our good friend, John the Trapper, he's like, yeah, I've got a ton of bears coming in still. I'm filling the baits up, keeping them topped up. Um, come hunt mine. And he's he's offered that quite a bit to me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take you up on the opportunity. I've got a guy who's never hunted before. He just wants to experience bears. And you know what? I'm going to bring my bow, bring a tag. If we see a jumbo bear, I'm going to take it. So... Um, 
Now, guys, this is the same spot where I arrowed my bear um, last year. And it's actually the first two episodes that air on the Sportsman channel this Tuesday coming up here. So um, the same spot, but this time I didn't have Charlie or I didn't have um, John to uh, guide me out to the bait. So uh, no big deal. You know, I was there three or four times a year before. I'm driving down this trail. I'm taking a right at this trail, and we're going in about 15 minutes on the quad. It's going to be nasty, I told you guys. Wear some rubber boots. You know, it's been raining the last two days. Um, we might get a little wet. And so um, we quad down the first trail. I see a trail off to the right. I start going down there, and we are... My, we're like a foot deep in mud and water. And I'm already saying, oh no, like me and this guy are doubling on the quad. It's not fun to double on a quad. It's not fun to double on a quad when you're going through like major ruts, a foot of water. Um, you know, we go less than five minutes down that trail and both of our boots and shoes are filled with, with water. And I should say he forgot his boots in the truck. So he had the shoes he was wearing from work. <laughs> So he was soaked and I'm looking at this trail and I'm seeing there's some new, new sort of routes that go around the main trail, like just go where it's real nasty. And I'm like, okay, you know, John must've put some new, uh, some new trails in to get around this nasty stuff. And we we're five minutes down the trail, 10 minutes down the trail, 15 minutes down the trail and 15 minutes. We've only covered, you know, not even a kilometer because it's so nasty. And most of the time, what I got to do is tell him to get off the quad so I can get through an area. Then he has to hop back on. And it was wet this year. It was, it had rained four days prior. And so I'm looking at this trail. I'm like, man, this just doesn't look right. Like, I'm sure I turned off the right spot, but this doesn't look right. I got to try calling, calling John just to make sure. So I try phoning, no service. I'm like, okay, let's just keep going, keep going. And he sort of sees it. I'm like fumbling with my phone, looking at the map and whatnot. And so we're now like a half hour down this trail, 40 minutes down this trail. And I'm like, okay, the bait's got to be coming up soon. And phone John again, didn't go through. And he tries calling me. So I answer it and I'm like, hey, uh, we're about 40 minutes down here, man. It is wet. He said, oh yeah, it's been raining. Um, and I'm like, I seen you put some new sort of side shoots on this trail so you can get around the nasty stuff. He's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, you didn't like put anything off to the left-hand side, like every few, you know, you know, 30 yards, 40. He's like, no, I didn't. It's just the same main trail. I'm like, did you turn off? Like, am I supposed to turn off at the first right off the first trail? He said, no, it's the second right. You got to go all the way down to the gate, then turn right onto that trail. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the one I went down. So you're telling me I'm not on the right trail? He's like, no, no, you're on. That's a mud bogging trail. Like that's what they use when they go mud bogging on the quads. And I'm like, oh, man. So then I hang up the phone. I look at this guy who's never been quadding before, never been hunting before. This is his first experience. It's supposed to be just a jolly old time where we go and look for bears and watch a few bears at the bait site. And I told him, I said, all my baits, man, we drive up to him, we hike in a few hundred yards, and it's painless. But I'm like, we're going to go to this one, work a little bit harder. I said, you'll be fine, and we're probably going to see bears. And so I look at him like, man, I hate to say it, but we're on the wrong trail. And he looks at me and I'm like, well, at least we have a story to tell. Like I said, at least if we don't see bears, 
you got a story to tell. And now I'm trying to justify my fucking stupidity. And I'm like, you know what, man? The the best stories I've ever told are the fucking toughest hunts I've ever had. And this <laughs> and that. And you know what? He, he's good. Like, his spirits are high. He's, uh, And that's so important in hunting, to have someone who, who is, like, on the same fucking page as you are and yeah. doesn't get down in the dumps and real emotional about stuff. You need a positive attitude through this stuff. Yeah, and they have to want to be out there. They have to want to be there, too. As soon as you want to be home, wrapped up in a dry place, then you're screwing everybody you're with. Yeah, and so so we're like 40 minutes, half minutes, half hour down this trail. And I said, okay, we got to turn around. We got to go back to the main trail, and we got to go back down another one. He said, man, honestly, I was not expecting it to be this wet. And I said, no, either was I. But I said, you know, our trail should be better. But I said, uh, we just got to get out of here now. So I turn around, start quadding down, and we sink the quad. We sink the quad because I try and go around the deep water. And so I undo the winch, hook it up to some willows, and pull myself out a little bit, start driving again, sink it again, winch myself out again. And it took us 45 minutes to get to uh, the main trail again. And so he's soaked, I'm soaked, camera's covered in mud. Um, You know, the camera bag is covered in mud. The quad is, you know caked and we get to the main trail all we had to do was go like 15 yards down and then there was our trail so we get on that one and it's just as nasty you know we aren't winching ourselves out but it's just as nasty we eventually get to the bait and we never got to the bait till six o'clock um just got eaten alive by mosquitoes and not a thing came in and you know when you get into a bait at six o'clock then you start to wonder hey did i maybe spook some bears off of the bait coming in here yeah um but you know what that's that and like he i told him at the start i said we might see four bears we might see zero bears and i said um chances of chances of us seeing zero are usually higher than seeing a few i find um, especially this time of year because they're very unpredictable the later you get but i said we might have a new bear come through and uh so yeah you know seven o'clock pass eight o'clock pass nine o'clock ten o'clock we're getting eaten alive and uh he looked at me i looked at him and he's like well you're ready to go i said yeah let's we'll we'll make her out of here so it was a shitty ride in i did not want to be quieting with him in the dark because yeah. uh it was a rodeo just getting in there in the dark it wouldn't be fun so we made it out. <laughs> we made it out and uh, got a bit of a story to tell, but uh, not ideal for someone's first hunting experience. But in a way, it is. Yep. Because, like he was telling me and I was telling him, your next bear hunt or your next hunt should seem like a breeze. Should seem like a breeze. Yeah. Right? Like when we, if you come out with me next time, we'll go to one of our other baits or even one that we have to quad into. And well, for one, I'll know I'm on the right trail, so we won't have to do it twice. And then, uh, you know, it'll just be easier. It'll be easier. And, uh, and it's just what's so cool about hunting and what we do is you, you would have never been in any of those situations if it wasn't for hunting. So you've got all these cool experiences, cool yep. stories to tell. You've been through this stuff. And the end goal is to kill something. But that happens, you know, 1% of the time, right? The end goal is just to be out there see that no the end goal is always to kill something though but it's the, the experience the experience is to be which out there. It, you get more out of the whole experience and journey yeah. than you do the end goal but you got to have an end goal to anything or there's no point yeah. in doing it yeah right like you 
like if if you don't have a fucking bear tag are you going to be out filling those fucking bears no your end goal is to eventually or you tell yourself that's what it is right like you're hanging that in front of you and you're chasing it yep. chasing it chasing it yep. um but yeah i know so that sort of ended my season that was like i think a week before the end of the end of the year and um and that was it, right? And so here we are now. Uh, you know, season's been done now for about ten days or so, and uh, and now it's fishing season, and uh, we got to get into uh, you know into these whitetails. Well, for myself at least, yeah. Uh, that's my first time. Scouting, be, scouting uh, season. Whitetail. Yeah. So um, I got to get some antler obsession out. I uh, had some out earlier on in the year. A nice thing with that is what I've noticed is I put it out in some in a remote area last August and I had a camera set up there, actually a geocam, and I went back in March because uh, I couldn't get down the road. There was just so much snow. They hadn't plowed it, nothing. It's just inaccessible. And so I was down there. What's that? That's six months, seven months later. And the deer had literally dug a foot deep hole into the ground where this stuff was poured and they were still coming every day, every second day. And that camera was still rolling. Yeah. So it was only on a three shot burst. And, uh, I think it was at like 10 megapixels and that camera was still rolling when I picked it up. So those, photos. Yeah. So nice thing is you don't necessarily have to put, you know, your minerals out every month or every two weeks. You can go, three or four weeks without putting them out or in a story three or four months without putting them out and those deer will still keep coming Once back as long the as ground. there's enough absorbed into the ground right so i haven't replenished any of my sites since uh earlier on this year um so i've got to get out there get my cameras out again get some uh you know some more antler obsession out and see what we have in the areas um see what we have for growth in these deer because now you're starting to see frames you're starting to see points um, and I usually find, you know, come actually come mid June, you know, if they're going to have five points on each side, you'll see those points by yep. now. Oh, so, yeah. um, I'm a little bit late on it this year, just because it was an insanely busy bear season. We've been busy with everything else, but, uh, I'm super excited to get out, get some more cameras out, get some minerals out and see what's going on with these deer. So, yeah, me too. I got to get some minerals out in my elk spots and, uh. And yeah, I got to get to the mountains here this summer too and do some scouting. Oh, you're so you're going to do some scouting before you get out? Yeah, I might do, you know, just some short trips. Yeah. 3 or 4 days and then that's about it and then yeah, the big hunt in in August. Nice. Are you are you going to the similar areas you were in previous years or Uh honestly haven't decided. Um, you know, I used to think it matters a whole lot when it comes to sheep as long as you're sort of in the right area. Um, where they might live it's just the roll of the dice whether you're in the perfect spot or not yeah and so yeah i haven't really decided if we're gonna go check out somewhere new or if we're just gonna go back to the old stomping grounds but either way i'll be in the mountains nice nice and you got some horses we're getting there yeah yeah we're getting there yeah. they won't they won't be they won't be up in the mountains this year won't but be ready this year no next maybe year next though? year maybe next year yeah. nice and so the end goal of the horses is, is you're going to, you know, guide off the horses, basically, use them for hunters. Or what yeah, do you well, do there? The, uh, yeah, the idea is to uh, to use them to get into my remote north location because, uh, yeah, for there's, moose. yeah, for moose, because yeah. there's no, there's absolutely zero access up there. And, uh, you know, some guys have trailed in and made, made some Argo trails years and years ago, but, you know, I just don't really want to mess around with that. I think it'd be a lot more fun to, uh, to 
pack some ponies in along the river up into the hills somewhere and hey get on some moose there's lots of moose well and that's why that spot in particular and where you are going to be hunting is going to be such a fucking perfect spot and great spot because you're going where guys literally can't go unless they're unless they're hiking in and if you're hiking in unless you have four guys good luck getting a freaking moose out yeah this is not a thing to do it's it's you can't right so the only way to do it is horses and there's really not many guys that run horses not up there you know guys will do it down in the mountains still that's what i mean in the mountains they do but it's a lot of work to do it in the bush and and you know my grandfather did it you know 30 years ago so okay he did it then i can do it now did he guide he didn't guide but he he built his trapper's cabin and hunted on on his own uh you know string of three horses yeah and he did it all just south of town here. Nice. So, you know, if he could do it, and there's no reason why he can't do it today. Yeah, without a doubt, man. So, yeah, now we're uh, into scouting season, right? So, um, next podcast, let's chat a little bit about, uh, you know, deer hunting, moose hunting. And uh, I got an early season velvet bull last year, second day of the season. Um, I'm still seeing lots of moose in these areas. I'm hunting whitetails, so it might still be, uh, I might have an opportunity again this year. Yep. But uh, yeah, we're at an hour and a half again here. Let's wrap her up and we'll uh, chat about some deer and moose hunting next podcast. Yeah, sounds good, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Good to be back.